Hey guys, <laughs> welcome, welcome to, to Flying Green. Green. We're your hosts, Brooke Barron, Neva Morgan, and Olivia DeVolin. Today we're going to be talking about sustainability in airports, but what does that mean? That's a great question, Olivia. Sustainability in air travel is super important in today's world since people use them every day. And sustainability in airports is very similar to sustainability in everything else. You have to take into account the environmental, social, economic, and operational effects the airports and airlines have. Currently, environmental impact assessments are being used to determine the effects of airports on the environment. They're effective, but airports shy away from sustainable practices because the guidelines are so vague. And the idea of sustainability in air travel is relatively new, so the programs are just beginning to pop up to combat the rising issue of climate change. But why is it important to be sustainable, and what are the effects of our airline year? So in modern day, the importance of sustainability is reflected by this massive rise in the economy, which is a driving factor in our airline use. The increase in aviation activity represents an increasing demand for air travel, which is rooted in GDP growth since the 1980s. Economic growth leads to higher demand, which leads to need for expansion and inherently increased emissions. Many of these emissions and implications of airline travel are simply overlooked and even ignored by some of the agencies and the countries that are supposed to be in charge of them. Um, lately, we have tended to focus on just a portion of our emissions when really, in reality, there is an entire interconnected system of pollutants associated with the flight of a plane. What we don't always realize is the diversity of chemicals that are released in the exhaust. CO2 is not the only pollutant that's going into the atmosphere. Though CO2 compromises about 70% of the exhaust, the other 30% is full of water vapor, nitrogen and sulfur oxides, hydrocarbons, and other trace particulate matter that have the potential to create a large degree of harm. Um, despite this smaller percentage of water vapor, um, the impact is not minimal. When water vapor is released into the atmosphere, the expansion of the ice crystals forms cirrus clouds, which are the contrails or the um, airplane, airplane trails we see in the sky which despite the common misunderstanding actually trap infrared rays in the atmosphere and can produce a warming effect up to three times that of carbon dioxide itself. In reality, about 100% of the fuel we consume for these matters is extremely harmful, which is why we need to improve our use. Oh wait, I'm gonna restate that sentence. You're good, restate it. <laughs> restate oh. that. <laughs> Um, in reality, about 100% of the fuel we consume for these matters is extremely harmful, which is why the need to improve our use is dire. However, chemical reactions aren't the only things happening up there. Subsequent reactions are also quite common, where particles of even greater magnitude can form by merging two or more primary molecules. For example, ozone in the atmosphere is formed from VOCs, or harmful gases, um, in the presence of heat and sunlight. So airplanes are big pollutants, but what other parts of airports cause pollution? Yeah, so in addition to the emissions from airplanes, we must also consider what airlines are releasing through other equipment that are not necessarily used for flight. Included in airlines are tons of ground machinery, shuttle buses and public transport, ground support equipment, auxiliary power units, and power sources that provide electricity and conditioning. All of this equipment uses fuel and releases emissions that add to airlines net pollution. Um, along with the atmospheric pollutants, airlines also release a lot of environmental pollutants that we don't always think about, such as noise and water pollution, which regularly, blah, 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 blah. Noise pollution typically affects 
people and animals located near airports and streams, waterways, and rivers face runoff from fuel use and pollution um, near airports as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all I got for that. So with airplane travel and just pollution in general, how do private jets get accounted for? Yeah, so one issue more on the widespread lately is private jet use, particularly used by celebrities and business leaders to compensate for some extra time or for simpler reasons like taking a flight to the mall. But is this extra few minutes really worth two metric tons of carbon dioxide release every hour? Probably not. Um, compared to the average person's yearly emissions, existing at about roughly 8.2 tons per person, private jet affiliated flights release around 480 times more than the average person's emissions annually. Um, these emissions are 5 to 14 times more polluting than a commercial plane ride. And according to Transport and Environment, about 72% about 72% of private aviation flights have alternative commercial flights that exist. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Fact. Fact. Um, um, compared to domestic flights, which are associated with the respectable states, international flights do not belong to a specific agency or industry. Therefore, emissions that are associated with these flights are not accounted for, and there is little incentive, incentive to reduce them. Yeah. So what are airports doing to combat emissions now? Well, in 2021, the bipartisan infrastructure law was passed which granted $15 billion to airports across the country, allowing them to update their infrastructure and create a more eco-friendly uh, airports and practices to combat climate change. This is relatively new. So the projects are in the, like, the planning phase. Mm -hmm. So we don't know how it's gonna impact their emissions, but hopefully it lowers <laughs> them. <laughs> and the Federal Aviation Administration, or the FAA, is running trials in various airports across the country to implement more sustainable practices, such as the Airport Improvement Program. And this is also new, and the overall goal is to incorporate sustainability into airports in their daily practices. And a lot of states are participating in this, such as Texas and Missouri and even Colorado. Mm -hmm. And Colorado is doing something similar the Colorado Aviation is doing something similar to the FAA and is implementing the Colorado Airport Sustainability Program. And this is using the Centennial Airport, the Rifle Garfield County Regional Airport, and the Fremont Air County Airport. And these are the three case city airports for Colorado to test their sustainable practices. And this program is also hoping to find ways to reduce emissions and improve airports in the long term and not just find the short-term solutions. Mm -hmm. And with these programs surrounding sustainability, they're all very new because the concept of sustainability in airports is really new. So as time goes on, we have to kind of wait to see their effects on emissions and see how much airports can actually reduce their emissions. Mm -hmm. Do you know how they're wanting to be more sustainable and like what the daily practices might be? There's no specific information yet. Oh. It's 
everything that I could find was very vague. So it's like they're just saying, yeah, we're yes. sustainable. Like, for instance, the guidelines that the FAA is providing these airports is very vague, and they're basically saying, well, try to be more sustainable. We're going to let you implement your own practices and see what you can do. Mm-hmm. So hopefully as time goes on, we can get more specific as to how airports can improve their sustainability and become more eco-friendly. But as of right now, it's very general and very vague. Huh. Damn. So even with these practices being so new, what are some ways that we can contribute to more ethical and eco-friendly air travel? Right. So not only us, but um, the companies itself. Like with cigarette packaging, especially in the UK, they have like a bunch of examples of like lung cancer on them and showing the negative effects. We can do that for advertising with flight emissions and showing the actual cause and effect of what's happening when you go on a flight, um, just so we can give access to people. We can give that information uh, to people who might not have access to it, I guess. Um, There's also a cool thing uh, with green hydrogen. Uh, Like in specific cars, it separates oxygen and hydrogen from water using renewable energy resources like solar, wind, and um, just batteries in general. which then can be stored in like the fuel cell to actual power to actually power the vehicle. Um, it's not again. It's not really clear on what <laughs> airplanes are using green hydrogen and which ones aren't. But um, it doesn't produce any CO two emissions, and the only real like byproduct of it would be the water that's um, being separated from it. Oh, that's cool. So, who knows if that water is like drinkable? But that would be a cool one if it is. Because um, then we can get that. Because it also doesn't release nitri- nitrogen oxides, which is a pretty big pollutant mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, uh, again, something for just the person, if they can't avoid flying, packing lighter does affect how much fuel the plane has to use. Because if you're packing a little bit heavier, you're adding to how much fuel. Not add, like, in a like big scale, but, like, small scale. It's just something that you can do. Um... And then uh, just having that self-awareness, using flights only when you really need to rather than all the time. Um, And then another really cool thing that I loved learning about was the difference between whether planes or cars are really better. And I think um, one of my sources uh, by... uh, on Slate uh, by Daniel Gross was talking about how flying has become more eco-friendly than driving, um, which is really interesting. Uh, and what he says is uh, in his piece describing why he took a 28-hour bus ride from Wisconsin to Atlanta, he noted that the amount of emissions associated with driving that distance in a Honda Civic, roughly uh, 1,386 pounds of carbon dioxide, um, was roughly equal to the amount of an emission that he would have caused in flying that distance, um, which I think is pretty cool because you'd think that flying would be way worse, but... Yeah, you'd it's think actually, since the plane is bigger, it would need to use more fuel and exactly. emit more emissions. Exactly. And especially as, like, cars these days are getting, um, when they're aged and they need more maintenance, um, their fuel economy is going to go down. So, in the long scheme of things, it's not, they become equal, I guess. Um, that's kind of crazy I think is really to think cool. about. Yeah. That's my, that was my favorite part about it, I guess. Thank you for listening to Flying Green. 
We hope this podcast is not only informational, but inspires you to make a difference and fly Fly green. green.